Hey everybody and welcome to season 5 of How I Built It. I'm really excited about this season. I get to talk to a lot of great guests. We hit our 100th episode and it takes us right up to the end of the year with WordCamp US 2018. But that's all a ways away from now where I talk to my very special guest, Rachel Cherry. She'll be talking about WP Campus, which is happening in about a month from now. So uh, we're going to talk about how she came up with the idea for WP Campus, how WordPress has affected higher ed, and what it's like uh, organizing an event like WP Campus, which is kind of outside the purview of the normal WordCamps that uh, people in the WordPress community normally attend. So uh, really excited to get into all of that with Rachel. But first, I want to tell you about this episode's sponsors. You'll learn about Pantheon a little bit later in the show. And this episode is also brought to you by the Events Calendar. The Events Calendar is a free plugin by Modern Tribe. With over 11 million downloads, it's one of the most popular event management tools for WordPress. Modern Tribe has supported WP Campus from the start, and they are proud of the solid reputation the events calendar has earned within the higher ed community. They remain committed to open source, regularly adding new features to improve their plugins. Take Gutenberg, for example. They've gone all in developing solutions for the new block editor, and they've already released an extension for users to test it out. Check out their latest work at theeventscalendar.com, theeventscalendar.com. While you're there, snag a 20% discount on their premium add-ons using the code HOWIBUILTIT. That's how I built it, all one word. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Rachel Cherry of WP Campus. Rachel, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Joe? I am fantastic. The weather here on the East Coast is finally nice as we record this. I know that you just came from California and now you're back in Alabama. Is that right? That's right. It's cool. pretty, it's really nice here today. It's a little warm, but not too bad, like high 80s. So it's a nice day. Nice. Yeah, I, I will definitely take that. I've, I have vowed to never complain about the heat because I complain about the cold. So I'm like, you can't have it both ways. You know, I'll, I'll complain <laughs> about the snow. And when it's like 100 degrees, I'll be like, whatever, it's it's not snow. So <laughs> I one thing I will miss about California is the weather. It was always like 70 something degrees, yep. windy, breezy, beautiful. It's kind of hard to it's hard to not miss that. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Lemma always busts my chops about that because he's, you know, in Southern California and or San Marcos is near Southern California, I think, or is Southern California. I'm a New Yorker, so I just think it's like Los <laughs> Angeles and San Francisco. But he's always busting my chops about that. He goes, you don't have to be cold all the time. And I'm like, I, I know family and stuff. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But so today we're going to talk about uh, a very cool event slash organization. You guys do a few events throughout the year called WP Campus. So why don't we start off with uh, you telling us who you are and what you do? So hello, I'm Rachel Cherry. Currently, I am working for myself. I just kind of started this whole new adventure uh, doing freelance and and why I moved back to Alabama to be around my family and to start this new career path. But so right now, a little bit of a limbo space. So a lot of my time is going towards WP Campus and our event. But generally, I'm a software engineer. I write a lot of software. I 
on top of being the director of WP Campus. And so there's, I kind of get around as far as writing code and organizing events and organizing the community. And I try to speak at WordCamps when I can, things like that. So it's a little bit about me. And then, so yeah, if you, I don't know if you want me to dive into WP Campus or not. Yeah, absolutely. I heard about WP Campus while I was still at the University of Scranton, I think, which is now two jobs ago. Oh. But why don't you tell us uh, kind of when it started and how you came up with the idea for it? Yeah. So speaking of Chris Loma, he played a little bit of a role in it. It was summer of, wow, it's been, it's been like three, almost three years, which is kind of crazy. This summer will be our third in-person conference. Wow. So it's, it started in the summer, late summer, early fall of 2015. And I was at the University of Alabama, which was my job right before my previous job at Disney. But, and so my last higher ed. And I was on Twitter and there was a big announcement about WordCamp US. That was the first WordCamp US in Pennsylvania. And yep, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Right near we are, right where near I live, actually. Awesome. And so lots of people, they were announcing something, some, and the hashtag was, you know, WordCamp US, which, so this is where Chris Loma came into play, because he saw it, he tweeted that he thought it looked like WordCampus. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there at my desk, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like light bulb. And <laughs> I tweeted something, I like quote tweeted his and said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we had a WordCamp focused on higher education? And it just all kind of rolled, the ball rolled down the hill and it all, you know, blew up from there. And so we got uh, Chris, you know, Chris even helped me set up wordcampus.org. And we set, I set up like a landing page of, you know, just getting people's information. I set up a Slack account. So we started hopping into Slack and chatting and talking about how fun this would be. And it all just went from there. I think that was August 2015. And so we had our first event the next summer in July of 2016 in Sarasota, Florida, at the University of South Florida, Sarasota Manatee. It's a quite mouthful, but it's a beautiful little campus. And we had a lot of fun. It was a two-day event. It's very similar to a WordCamp, except all of our topics are just more narrowly focused on higher education, which was part of the reason why we create or I created this event and why everyone, you know, is so gung ho about it, because a lot of people, I think, had a similar, it's not a problem, but more of just an issue or of going to word camps and just you have fun, you obviously have fun, there's lots of great people, you get something out of it. But I would, I would always leave with that kind of that thought in the back of my mind, like there was I wanted to talk about, you know, stuff that I do and there was nothing for me here at this camp. You know, I might get a few dev things out of it. I might get a few, I try to, you know, go to non-dev talks, whatever, but no one was talking about the kind of stuff that I did day to day. And so what's really great about our event is that people in higher ed, you know, it's a camp for them to go to and talk about the things that they do every day. And so, yeah, so it was a lot of fun and, and we're still cracking and we're still having tons of fun. Very cool. Yeah. So I I do need to make a stat correction here because I was in the IT department of the University of Scranton from 2011 to 2014. I was still teaching in 2015, which is why I associated WP Campus with uh, with the university. 
Now, I actually applied to speak and got accepted to the first one. And unfortunately, like a scheduling conflict prevented me from going. So I was very upset I couldn't make it. There was another thing going on that weekend. And it was like right after I got married and we found out that uh, we were my wife was pregnant with our first child. So like, I'm very bummed to have missed that. And I I definitely want to make it out to an in-person event because, I mean, WordPress in higher ed is a very different animal from a lot of a lot of other organizations, right? Like we both have enterprise experience now as well. And I saw a lot of similarities, but higher ed's a little bit different. There's kind of different types of red tape and budgetary discussions and things like that. And I know when I was at the university, I fought tooth and nail to get WordPress like accepted on campus. Uh, It was a very hard uphill battle. And that was like my shining achievement when I left. Like the CIO was like, well, your mark is that WordPress is now widely used on campus. So, you know, was was your experience similar? And, and you know, is that kind of, is it a place for people in higher ed to kind of commiserate about stuff like that? Or do you find that WordPress is pretty well accepted a- across campuses now? I do think it it used to be a problem. It wasn't a problem at my last university because... I actually got, they were already using it by the time I got there. And it was the opposite for me. Like I came and had never touched WordPress. And part of the job description was you have to learn WordPress. And so that was already a thing. Although it kind of started doing the opposite when I left, they started rolling and wanted to use a proprietary CMS, but that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) So I do think it used to be a problem. I do think it's getting better where it's being more easily accommodated and implemented I, from my experience and from things that my conversations with people, it used to have a lot of, oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like, There was like a stigma. Stigma. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> there was, it used to have a few stigmas, one of one being security. Because mm-hmm. honest, because what happens a lot, what would happen a lot in higher education and WordPress is that they do have limited resources and on top of limited budget. What I usually tell people is higher ed is enterprise level on a budget <laughs> and which I believe to be very true. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and cause you are, you're doing these crazy, you know, high level scale work with crazy amounts of editors and users all over the, you know, college with you know, university with different needs and all this stuff, but you probably have like two people doing it. Mm-hmm. So you have a, what ends up happening a lot is that you'll have these low resources and budgets. You'll have like, two people managing a thing. And then if if it's not set up correctly, like I, WordPress can be successful in higher ed, but you have to know what you're doing. And what a lot of people, you know, they think, you know, back when WordPress had that whole advertising about how it's easy in the five minute install, I think what happened on a lot of higher ed campuses is they see that easy and they, they don't have to hire someone to manage it and up and, and give upkeep. And so, you know, random faculty staff members would set up a blog. Mm -hmm. No one would come and check on them. Mm -hmm. They would ignore the blog. Two years later, the blog would get hacked. And, and so after several years, after, you know, a few years and years of that, it gets a stigma with it department about how easy WordPress gets hacked. 
you know, and we're all going, no, it's not necessarily WordPress's fault. It was more of an administration fault, management fault. And there was no one watching it, you know, blah, 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 and things like that. And so then you have to, then you have to start defending WordPress to your IT. And ultimately, generally, IT has to be the one that accepts WordPress because they're the ones managing the servers and yep. things like that. So it becomes very bureaucratic and can be an uphill battle if you're, you know, if you're already kind of downhill from the start because of these past experiences. So with with all that said, I think it's getting better, but I do think it's still a struggle for some people. Yeah, absolutely. And my experience is the same. I even had like a student in our tech support area, the technology support center, they were called, and he was like, WordPress isn't secure. And I'm like, isn't, he's like, it's less secure. I'm like, then what? I'm like, what software doesn't become less secure when you don't update it? So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like kind of that same atypical computer science student when I was in college, but, you know, the one that like knows everything. <laughs> so, uh, so <laughs> to add on to that, like, so what's also just as important as all of that stuff as keeping it up to date, you know, is things like governance where mm-hmm. you have a plan, like, you know, you're not just going to willy nilly set up WordPress installs, you, know, right. you have... You know, if you want a WordPress install, you have to go through process A, and then we have process B that checks up on it, and then you have you have to go to training, and you have to do things like that. Like, governance is just as important, and your plan, and all of that, especially, you know, if you're in this environment where manpower is limited. So, if you have a process and that you can help, you know, it, push it all through, then you can be successful. So, we do, we'll, we usually try to have at least one governance talk every year. And this year we're having a governance workshop, which I'm nice. really excited about. I got, I'm going to the workshop. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, make sure all of my tasks are taken care of because I want to go to that workshop. So, yeah, so that topic is always big in my mind. I like to talk about that a lot. Right. Yeah. And that's a really good thing to touch on, too. You know, we have a lot of uh, maybe self-employed folks, freelancers or developers who sell their own plugins. And, and you know, wh- when we set up WordPress at the university, we made sure to work with the faculty senate and the staff senate to make sure that they kind of knew the proper protocol for requesting and upkeeping for a WordPress site because we wanted to make sure that it was controlled because as you said it was when installs were not controlled that they would get out of date and you know there'd be some sort of compromise like a software compromise not like a an agreement <laughs> <laughs> you know the software would get compromised so that's that's really cool. And it's I, I love that there's a whole conference around this. And I want to talk to you about planning an in-person conference because I've done that before and it's very difficult. But there's also you guys do uh, an online conference as well, right? Yeah, we have the we started doing an online conference after the first in-person. So now we have an online every January and the in-person in July. Great, great. And then was January picked because it's like a pretty good, it's like kind of a slow month and people are just getting back and they're probably not traveling because they were just traveling or was it just kind of January seems like a good time? It got to that point. We tried several other times of the year and things just like we, I think at first we tried, we were like, oh, let's do the fall. But Mm -hmm. then it just wasn't enough downtime after the in-person to then ramp. We would have had to like immediately ramp back up to the virtual. So there was just like, oh no, we just can't do that. Like we need a break. And usually like the month after the in-person, like we just 
it, our Slack is, can be a little bit of a ghost town because everybody's <laughs> like, we're taking a break. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and which is totally fine. And so we just, so fall wasn't going to work. Plus there was lots of dates to work around like holidays, Thanksgiving, you mm-hmm. know, if we don't do it, if we don't wait too long, people go on Christmas vacation, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we eventually landed on January and it's actually, it is a great time because People are just kind of getting back into school from winter break. So people are back on campus, but not too, too busy. And there's not a lot of work camps in January, pretty much after U.S. Work camp U.S., I mean, the U- the United States work camps are kind of chill until February. Yeah. So, you know, so there's that. We're not, like, necessarily competing, even though we have it during the week. So that doesn't really matter anyway. But so January is a good time. It's also kind of wrecked smack dab in the middle between the summer. So it's a good just intermediary event to get, you know, some fresh content out for people. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I like that a lot too. I mean, uh, online conferences are becoming a lot more popular because they're a lot more accessible to people. Yeah. But so that said, let's, I, I want to ask you how you, let's, how I built, right? How you built essentially what goes into both the in-person and the online conference. And I suspect the shorter one of these answers would be the online conference. Is that accurate? Correct. <laughs> okay. So why don't we why don't we knock that out of the way first? Specifically, I'm curious about like the streaming technology you use and and, and uh, stuff like that. Uh, I've spoken at a few online conferences and it's always kind of been different. So how do you handle that stuff? So for our streaming, we go with Crowdcast. <laughs> okay. And we do like it. It has some accessibility issues, which we've been actually communicating with them about. And they've been very perceptive to it. So the hope is that we can continue to use it as long as they work on these features. Because it's not in horrible shape. It just, but if they tweaked a few things, mm-hmm. I think the biggest the biggest help that they would probably need is helping some way with captioning. If gotcha. If figure out a way to do live captioning. And so we're talking to them. And I've even thrown out some ideas with them about, you know, well, we've tried this and, you know, blah, blah. So we hope to keep using Crowdcast. We like it. Their technology is good. They, the price is reasonable. We generally pay about 90 bucks for the day. So wow. that's, not, that's not bad. Yeah. I think at, at the most we've paid like a little over $100. And so it's, that's reasonable and their, their support is responsive. So we do like them. We embed their player on our website and you can have registration for it and stuff like that. So I like Crowdcast. There are a few other options. None of them can come to mind right now. But <laughs> So that's what we use for that. The online conference is obviously much easier to... There's much less planning into it. The main elements are... The biggest element is you still have all the speaker management. You still mm-hmm. have to get proposals. You still have to decide... You still have to build your schedule. You still have that, which is a big chunk. And then outside of that, like marketing is another big chunk. And then operations. So we have, we usually have an operations manager whose job is to basically build out the schedule for the day and who do, who does what. We have a volunteer manager who makes sure that all of our volunteer needs are filled and that on the day of that they're there and you know, what I definitely recommend for anyone interested in this kind of thing is is these two big areas, having an operations plan and having a volunteer plan. And most importantly for the operations is having a backup plan. 
Every decision you make should have a backup, at least one, if not two. And so it just, everything goes smoother. And usually the first question that I always ask myself when we make a decision or we decide to do something new or, you know, whatever is, what's the worst that could happen if this goes wrong? <laughs> like, if this goes badly, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And so, and if the worst that can happen is not that big a deal, then great. You know, like, yep. and so these are things that you just think about because things will go wrong or, you know, somebody both, I think both years we've had at least one speaker drop out at the last minute. And so this year, our first speaker, and we have two rooms, The one of the speakers in one room on the first block of the day, her computer wouldn't start. And mm. so the first block, we pretty much just had one speaker, which was fine. We just encouraged everyone to go to the other room. Right. And, you know, that was fine. And then at the same time, we had another speaker had to drop out because she was sick. Mm. And so, but, but we had like three or four hours between. So, you know, we went to that first speaker. Hey, what are the chances of you getting your computer fixed? You could try again this afternoon. And she was able to, and it all awesome. worked out great. So, you know, stuff like that. So that's what we're doing in the background. We're like messaging, yeah. we're going back and forth. But, you know, it was, it's always a really fun event. It's really great to just have a chance for the community to come together and talk. And we, the Crowdcast has a chat feature and this really cute, fun little Q&A feature. And you can upvote and downvote stuff so speakers can just go down the list. And so we're actually going to try to implement a, a, that feature for our in-person this year. Wow. Because we do, we try to live stream. We're still finalizing all those details, so we don't announce it until it's all confirmed. But we do try to live stream the in-person for free. And so we're going to implement like a Q&A feature on the site. So for in-person and online people to ask questions for the speaker, like while they're talking. And so then the speaker can just go back later and answer them. And then they're evergreen on the site too. People can come along later on our session pages and find them and read the QA. And so we're really excited. We're working on that right now. So that's, that's, that's a fun new feature we're going to add in this year. This episode is brought to you by our season long sponsor, Pantheon. Are you starting a new project? Are you looking for a better hosting platform? Pantheon is an integrated set of tools to build, launch, and run websites. Get high-performance hosting for WordPress sites, plus a comprehensive toolkit to supercharge your team and help you launch faster. On Pantheon, you get expert support from real developers, best-in-class security, and the most innovative technology to host and manage your websites. Sign up for a new site in minutes with a free account. You only pay when it goes live. You can learn more at Pantheon.io. That's P-A-N-T-H-E-O-N.io. And now, back to the show. Yeah, that's man, that's fantastic, too. Because, I mean, for people who can't make it out, you lose that interactivity, right? But, you know, adding that sort of thing and being able to connect with speakers, even online, is that's very cool. I'll, I'll be excited to to see that if and when it rolls out. Yeah, we're, yeah, we that's that's been a comment we've gotten before from people online cuz we do have a Slack channel for them. We encourage them to stay in there and like ask questions and be around to discuss, but you know, it's I know it's not it's not really super fulfilling for them mm -hmm. because it's not super active from in-person people because they're busy, you know, being in person and right, right. going out and about and so their questions could get overlooked and 
So we, I think this will, this is obviously like a much better option. And so that'll be cool. Awesome. And uh, since you mentioned the, the live in-person event, what kind of stuff goes into planning that? I know that I planned a WordCamp before I'm on one of the organizing teams this year, and we have a little bit of a safety net with the foundation and the global sponsors and the, and the financial backing they offer. But, you know, planning a conference just kind of without that safety net sounds very scary. So, you know, what's it like? I know you guys like rotate locations and stuff like that. What What's uh maybe take us from like step one to to day one? So we've been very fortunate to always have a really good group of sponsors, people that just, you know, want to support what we're doing. And so we've always, we've always been fine budget wise and, and, you know, we didn't have any seed money. We, the first year we just went and we had enough sponsor money. And, you know, thankfully if you've planned any of these events, you, you know, that you don't, you don't spend the, the chunk of your money really till the end mm-hmm. till right when the event starts, you know, like maybe right. like a month before when you start ordering swag and, and you don't pay for catering till really after. And yep. so like we a were, wedding. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you don't necessarily need, you know, $10,000, you know, when you start kind of thing. Right. And so we've always done pretty well there. Generally the camp, the universities donate the space. That's great. So that's really great. It's really, yeah, universities are just, they're really great about that kind of stuff. They want to support education and professional development. We will usually pay for like janitorial services mm-hmm. and IT support. Those are people's time, especially right. especially on a Saturday. We'll usually, we usually ask for like an on-call IT in case like, you know, the Wi-Fi drops out or something. Right. And so we make it very clear to them, like we, we don't mind paying for these kinds of things. And so then we, and we always do on campus catering, which helps um, with them. And so we support them in whatever way we can give back. And we do a fun thing too every year. We make a plaque and we give it to the, we present it to the university. And, you know, it says, you know, that they, they were a WP campus and. Awesome. I always enjoy giving that every year. That's a lot of fun. There's a really funny story. The first year we gave it out, there was a typo on the plaque. That no one saw until we were literally giving it to this guy in front of everyone. And it was like, oh, no. Oh, wow. I mean, it was a funny moment. Everyone laughed. And I ordered another one and mailed it to them. But, you know, it was they their name was so long that we just put their initials or maybe we had both. But the the initials were wrong. It was UFSFM or something like that. And (laughs) I'm standing there handing it to them and I spot it. Anyway, yeah. but so that's something fun we do every year for the university to show our appreciation. So that really helps a lot. And so then, you know, we do social events usually off campus, which is a whole other ballpark of fun. <laughs> but it's really great to find these places. And and so there's a lot of planning that goes into that. And that can get we, we're a big karaoke people. And so we usually our after party is karaoke. And nice. so we do have a lot of fun with that. The first year was a lot of fun. We just took over this bar and, and uh, this little small bar in Sarasota, Florida. And I know the people that were like in there with us were like, what is going on? But uh, <laughs> we had tons of fun and, and did that last year. So we'll do that again in St. Louis. And, and so there's planning that goes into that and, so this year we're trying we're trying a few new things 
that we're excited about where we've had workshops before, but they were smaller. They were part of the schedule. So they were mm-hmm. two blocks. They were two session blocks. And it worked for the most part, but it was a little confusing and it didn't have enough time. Last year we had one workshop go into this. They just, they just kept working through the snack break because they just wanted to keep going. We were like, great, gotcha. have fun. This food will be here when you get out. And so this year we're adding a day, a third day before the conference starts where we're going to have three workshops. We're having a Gutenberg 101. Nice. With Joe McGill, that'll be lots of fun. And then we're having a governance workshop, like I already mentioned, with Shelly Keith, which will be really great, and I'll be there. And then we'll have a content strategy workshop with Jamie Schmid. So that'll be – so we're trying that out. We'll see how that goes. That'll be like a four-hour thing with breaks, so ton- tons of time. And then we have a welcome party. We don't do a speaker-sponsored dinner. We just have like one party that – anyone can come to. We just, we like the idea that everyone's welcome. And Mm -hmm. so we usually do that Thursday night. So there's that. We are implementing something fun this year that we really haven't announced yet, but we are, we're ready to pretty much anyway. So you get the first little (laughs) tidbit of it. We're going to implement some games this year. Nice. And so we have like two or three like mini games that will be kind of going on in the background during the event. So we're really excited about that. We're actually about to open up one of them being trivia and there's two other things, but so we're about to open up a form where anybody can submit questions. So to help us kind of build up our question bank. Ah, that's cool. So that's, I'm finishing that up right now. And so that'll go online soon. So that, so we're excited about that. We even have like an official game maker and he's excited about that. And I have to make him a badge or something that he can wear. Our shirt, something for the event that he can wear. He's the game maker. So we're trying that out. That will be fun. And we're trying something different with lightning talks this year where where everyone's going to watch all the lightning talks together. Oh, wow. So basically, we're going to have opening remarks in the auditorium, and then we're just going to stay in there for lightning talks and and see how that goes. We picked some really, like, picked a good range. There's four of them. We picked a good range with some really good speakers and to kind of see how that goes. I just, I like the idea of, of us all, A, of everyone being in a session together. Mm-hmm. And and so we'll see what people think about that. Yeah. I mean, it gives everybody something that, you know, if everybody goes to all different talks, at least they have those four, right? That they yeah. can talk about. Yeah. They have so. a good variety. I think we have yeah. like a, we have a content, we have a dev, we have like a management, and then I forget. The fourth one, I apologize to the fourth speaker, but um, <laughs> so that should be, we'll try that and that'll be a lot of fun. So yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot that goes into these events. Anyone who plans a WordCamp, which is very similar, you know, they, they get it. It's, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, people are like, why do you keep planning these events and getting involved? Cause it's, it's, it is a lot of work, but it's, it's rewarding and it's, it's, I love it. So Okay, wow. So we're wow, we're coming up on time, but there are a few things I want to parse out here. With the venue specifically, first of all, for those of you who haven't planned an event, the venue is almost always the most expensive thing. It's either that or like Wi-Fi at the venue specifically will be the most expensive thing. So it's very cool that you can get the venue donated. I know that you have a essentially a call for for venues, uh, for locations, right? Every year, every two years or something like that. How does that work? 
So we put out a call for, yeah, basically an, an application to host. And we get about probably six to seven every year so far, which is every year we, we get like one more, or two more. Or so on average, about, I'd say six to eight. And so we just, we go through and we, we have a matrix of things that are important to us. Like, for example, proximity to an airport, mm-hmm. the actual venue, do we have enough space for us? We know we need one auditorium, we need one room that everyone can fit in. And we need three session rooms that can hold pro- at least 80 people. And so are there, you know, enough hotels around you know, so then there's like a second tier priority, like what's public transportation look like, things like that. So we have a whole list and we, we go down as a group and then as a group, we rate them and give them, assign them points. It's, you know, it's very higher ed matrixy, you know, right, Rubik, yeah. Rubik, whatever, grading Rubik. Rubik. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course we are, you know, higher ed. So, yeah. you know, and then we, I have, I have a phone call with the person that applied and we talk about, you know, details and things like that. And then, and then we make a choice. And sometimes it's most of the time, it's usually pretty hard, especially this year, especially the more we become known and people mm-hmm. know about the event, you know, they want to apply, especially if they come to one, you know, they want to apply for next year. Usually the easiest, you know, to knock someone off is airport. Sadly, there's right. a lot of places that are just not near an airport. And if there's, you know, one or two schools that are they they have to take crazy priority because it's hard that's a hard thing to the first year we were we were technically by an airport but it was a small airport Mm -hmm. but so everyone had to kind of go like 45 minutes to tampa which i don't i didn't hear that many people complain about but i think they were just being nice because it was our first year but so then last year we were in Buffalo, which was had a big airport, and then right. obviously St. Louis has a big airport. So that takes really priority. So it's really sad when I because there's lots of people in our community that are just crazy involved and super excited, and then they'll apply, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but you're like an hour and a half away from an airport, right? And I feel your pain because my last university, Alabama, is this beautiful campus. It's huge. They have like top notch facilities. I've organized a conference there, a higher education conference there before I left. And but it was regional. Everyone drove. So because Tuscaloosa is an hour plus from the Birmingham, Alabama airport. And it's just it's just not it's not cool. You know, it's just not yeah. a lot of fun. It's not a lot of fun to land. I have to like rent a car and drive an hour or whatever. Right. Right. Exactly. So that's a big yeah. thing. And so but, you know, we've had so we, we usually open that up in the fall and try to decide before Christmas. Every year I keep saying, you know, we're going to bump that up and bump that up. And then every year something happens and it doesn't get bumped up. But so that's that's what we do. And so we work with the schools and and we have someone on the ground who's a rep for us. And, you know, it's it's helpful if there's a WordPress community in in the area because they can help us with on the ground stuff like finding social events and putting us in touch with any local vendors that could help us with swag or shirts. And so. So yeah, that's kind of that's the main gist of it. It's it's you know it's it's a hard decision. It's it's usually sitting. It's usually like me sitting down the last minute. Like we'll narrow it down to like two universities, and I'm just like, you know, sometimes it's just like you just go with your gut, and and you know, I'm sure like you know, 
any any one of like you know these four or five schools would work perfectly, but we can only pick one. Mm-hmm. This year, this year St. Louis, it's a, I mean it's a grade. It fit all of our needs, but also the big thing for it that really helped win it over was it was a little more west. And our first two years, we were in Florida and New York, so we were very right. extreme east. So we wanted to move a little bit. Yeah, and so that was one big factor that kind of pushed it above some of the other options. So there's lot there's lots of as we were joking about the other day. There's just so much metadata involved <laughs> in making these decisions. We were we were finalizing the schedule the other day, which we hope to get online by the end of the week. And you know, there's so many. There's so much like meta factoring that goes on and where we place people and, you know, where we make sure that topics, you know, don't overlap and things like that. And so that, you know, it's, it's a lot that goes into that too. You were saying that the venues usually the most expensive. So thankfully we've been fairly fortunate. We've, we paid a little bit for venue before, but it's not too bad mm-hmm. for us. The most expensive thing is by far food. Gotcha. Uh, food by far. Right. Uh, and you want to, you know, because you want to have good food that's accommodating to all the dietary restrictions and stuff like that, too, right? Yeah. We've usually had really good, pretty good food. This year, we might try box lunches. So we'll, that would be a, that would be different. We haven't done that before. Like last year, we had like a buffet. Nice. <laughs> it was pretty nice. We had this whole food court to ourselves. And- Did you have wings? You were in Buffalo, right? I did we have it for lunch? I yeah. don't know. Maybe I think so. I we had some buffalo like I asked them for like regional food, but in hindsight, honestly, I can't remember if wings was one of them. But the second day we had a lot of regional food, so maybe wings was there. <laughs> but we do every year we do try to have like a Google map of the area, which we already have up. Our guy on the ground there at the university, his name's Aaron, and he's super great. And he, like him and some other locals, like Joe McGill lives there, and he helped build out this map, too. It's extensive. So we go on there, and we like hotels and transportation. Like, here's the airport, and obviously the venue. And then, like, restaurants and coffee shops and breweries, and because it's St. Louis. And, right. and so, you know, that way our attendees can have a little bit of a guide and so I know last year we had tons of wings places and like here's and we try to go in for each one and like here's why this place is good, you know, and whatever to kind of help people get around a little bit. So that's that's a little that's a lot of fun. I, I hope that that's helpful for them. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of FOMO. Uh, <laughs> I, when, when is it this year? It's July 12th through the 14th. So it's okay. a Thursday through a Saturday. Gotcha. And that is, uh, I knew I could, that's like prime time for my in-laws vacation. So we'll be, uh, maybe next year. Yeah, I feel bad. We have a sponsor rep that comes every year and we try to have it on the same weekend every year Mm because it's just easier for us. And we didn't plan it that way at first. It just worked out that way. And now we're just trying to keep it going. We are the same weekend. We've been the same weekend every year. And that's like this guy's in a wedding anniversary, and I, you know, and every year I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, I, you yeah. know, I feel bad a little bit, but you know, he's a good sport about it. But so, yeah, I'll I'll tell him what I would try, what I've tried, honey. You know, we can go to this wonderful city for our anniversary. By the way, the day before, I will be at a conference, but we'll have the weekend. So. <laughs> St. Louis is a cool city. I'm excited. I'm staying a couple extra days so I can be touristy. Yeah, that's afterwards. it's on my list of places to visit. So cool. Well, we are we're a little bit over time, but that's okay because I've been enjoying this conversation. I hope the listeners have too. And I'm going to ask you my favorite question, which is do you have any trade secrets for us? 
Do I have any trade secrets? I saw this question. I thought about it. I thought about some silly, like, conference planning trips, like rent a car. (laughs) (laughs) I I went to Buffalo. You know, all of – so I guess, like, WordCamp organizers have the luxury of it being in their own town. Right. And none of our events are in my town. So the first year, my mother came. My mother was sweet, and she drove down from Alabama, and she had a car. And we used her car to get around. Yeah. Buffalo, I was like, I'll be fine. Because I only really need a car like the day before when I'm running errands to like get mm-hmm. a few last minute things. I'll just Uber and lift around. Like it's right. totally fine. It was horrible. I It rained. It poured down rain. And so like I walked for like a little ways, but then the skies opened. I literally had to go across the street. So my plan was just to walk across the street, but it was it was flooding, raining. I had to call a Lyft driver to literally drive me across the street. Oh, so, man. That <laughs> was so bad. So, yeah, my lesson, my big lesson from Buffalo was rent a car. But then I guess my other big thing I always just try to tell people is just have a plan. Have, like, three plans for everything. Never be afraid to ask for help. And just try to enjoy it. Always just, like I said, try to think of, like, what's the worst that could happen? Because generally, it's not that big a deal. Like, the worst that can happen is this. And if that happens, we do this, and then we move on, you know. So try to just, you know, just relax and have fun and enjoy it. And because I do, I like, I enjoy every minute of it. And, and it's a lot of fun if you ever want to try to get into something like this. I say go for it. And it's because it's a good learning experience. It's a lot of work, you know, ask other people for advice and mentorship, you know, feel free to ping me if you want. And so, and just kind of dive in and and enjoy it. Fantastic. I love that. I would always give people similar advice. I was in drama club and I would say, you know, if I forget a line or mess up a line, I'm probably the only person who knows, right? Me and my, the cast, the audience probably doesn't know unless I'm like, oh, I forgot, right? (laughs) So... If something goes wrong, you'll be one of the only people to notice. Generally, yes. One of my favorite things that's happened so far is for our recent online event in January, I overslept. I didn't wake up until five minutes after the whole thing had started. Wow. And so that, but that felt to me like I was like, man, I'm doing something right because no one even noticed that I wasn't even there. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's perfect, right? That's, that's awesome. That's when, that's when you know you're doing a good job organizing, when you've got everything under control, when it starts and no one even notices you're not there. Oh, man. That's <laughs> great. Well, Rachel, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And uh, where can people find you? So I'm Bama Designer in almost all things of life. BamaDesigner.com is my homepage where you can go and I have the beginnings of a blog, but I do have links to everything there, WP Campus and all my social media. WPCampus.org is our home for our community and our events. We have lots of resources that we're trying to grow. We have a blog we're trying to grow. And part of my new little life adventure is being able to give more time to help some of that grow even more now that I can dedicate some more time. So We'd love to have you involved. You don't have to be in higher ed to be part of the group. We have a lot of non-higher ed people that just kind of want to support what we're doing and be involved. We have a pretty active, but not too active Slack channel where you can come and ask questions and things like that. So in order to get in the Slack, you fill out our Get Involved form on our website. So it's pretty easy. You fill out the form. It auto-invites you. And, and which also can help you make a user account if you do want to contribute to our blog or any of our other resources, things like that. So 
that is the place to go. Cool. Very cool. And I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes. And one more time, WP Campus 2018 is happening July 14th through the 16th, 13th through the 16th? <laughs> July 12th through the 14th. 12th through the 14th. <laughs> July 12th through the 14th in St. Louis. So if you can make it out, definitely do that. It sounds like a fantastic event. And thanks again so much to Rachel Cherry for joining us today. I used to be an events planner at the University of Scranton, and uh, I miss it sometimes. So getting to talk about that and, and uh, you know, kind of think about the things that you had to do when planning a live event was very fun for me. Thanks again to our sponsors, the Events Calendar by Modern Tribe and Pantheon. For all of the show notes, you can go to howibuilt.it slash 82. That's howibuilt.it slash 82. If you like the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It helps people discover us. If you want to support the show on your own, you can head over to patreon.com slash howibuiltit and you can pledge for as little as a dollar a month. That'll give you access to behind the scenes and exclusive content, interesting conversations, and a Q&A forum, plus a lot more. If you don't want to make the leap into pledging financially yet, you can go to howibuilt.it slash Facebook and sign up for our Facebook community and connect with other listeners and previous guests. Thanks again so much for listening, and until next time, get out there and build something.